unto thee, O Lord. Do I lift up my Glad to have you here. Our song leader this morning is going to be Brother Joe Garrett. Brother Jeremy Jones has the opening prayer. Brother Drew Galloway has the scripture reading. Brother Ken Forrest, the lesson. J.T. Beard will help us as we observe the Lord's Supper. And Guy Gardner will be making our closing announcements and closing prayer. Would you bow with me, please? Our loving Heavenly Father... We're so thankful for your blessings. We ask that you accept our worship to thee this morning. We love you and thank you for all that you do for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. First song will be number 622. If you're singing out of the book, 622, ring out the message. <clears throat> There's a message true and glad from the sinful and the sad. Ring it up, ring it up. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Bring it out. Bring it out. Merrily ring. Speed it away. Message divine. Send it today. Let it cheer the lost and those in doubt. Darkness and doubt. Merrily ring. Wonderful news, making men free, happy and free. Ring, 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 ring the message out. Tell the world who's here in grace, make it known in every place. Ring it out, ring it out. Help the needy ones to know, help them whom all blessings flow. Bring it up, bring it up. Merrily ring, feed it away. Message divine, send it today. Let it
Father God in heaven, we come before your throne this morning in awe of your power and of your might, knowing that you're in control of all things. And Father God, we come to you today to worship you and to praise you and to lift your name up as our God. Father, we pray that the songs we've sung today will, will do that, and we pray that our hearts will be open to the words that you have to share with us through Ken, and we pray that he'll have a recollection of those things and, and that we will hear them. Father God, we pray that each member here today will, will participate, Father God, in, in all things that they can do with this congregation, Father, and the many works that we do. And we pray that those things will be a blessing upon our community and that we can be a shining light on the hill for you, Father. 
Father God, we lift up to you those that are leading us. Father, we lift up to you our elders and the decisions that they make that help to guide us. Father, we pray that, that we will always be supportive of them. And Father God, just give them a measure of comfort. And we pray for our deacons and our teachers and those that, that, that help carry out each and every act that we do, Father. And Father God, we are thankful for the workers that are in this church and those that, that take on extra efforts, Father, we pray that you'll bless each and every one of us. Father God, we lift your name in only ways that we can, Father. Guide us throughout the rest of the service. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. For you that sang out of the book, <clears throat> number 634 will work till Jesus comes. scripture reading this morning comes from Proverbs, the 11th chapter, verse 25. Proverbs 11, verse 25. And I'll be re reading from the New King James Version. The generous soul will be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. Thank you, Drew. Good morning, everyone. 
So great to see you. Hasn't it been a wonderful week? And now here we are on the beginning of a new week. And it's supposed to get cooler. And I just, oh, I just can't wait. I love this time of year. And so glad that you're able to be a part of our worship this morning. Some of you are visiting with us maybe for the first time. I don't know, but we're so glad that you've chosen to be a part of our assembly this morning. And I want you to know that our goal today in this hour is to just worship God. So we've been involved in all of these acts of worship. So far we've been singing and praying and now we're going to begin a study of God's word. We're going to all of us together, just as we were doing in our singing and our praying, meditate on the same thing. And I'll share that with you here in a moment. And then a little bit later, we'll be remembering the Lord's death through the Lord's Supper, and we'll have an opportunity to give. Today is a special day of giving. On the fifth Sundays, and actually there are five of those this year, on the fifth Sundays, we are taking those contributions and dedicating them specifically to one area or another. All of the money that's gathered will go to a particular area of work. Today's focus is debt reduction. So all the contribution that's gathered today is going to go to reducing our debt. And I want to share some things with you about that shortly. Today is also, aside from worship, a time of fellowship. And we're encouraging and building one another up. We do that in our singing. That's a part of what that worship is, to teach and admonish one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. But we also greet one another and try to catch up on what's happening. And maybe you saw Billy Deaton here today. Did you know Billy's back? After all of the things he's been through, here he is today, a part of our worship. And that is just astounding. We're thankful that his health has progressed so that he can be here. And Billy, we have been praying for you continually. And so we are seeing today God's answer to our many prayers. And then Joey Pittman texted me before worship today. And he knew that you would be missing him. And he wanted you to know that he is down in his back. Severe back problems. He's going to be seeing the doctor on Monday. But I appreciate that so much. He knew that he was going to be missed as part of this assembly. So he wanted to be sure you knew where he was. I'm glad you're here. We're going to pray for these folks uh, rejoicing over Billy's return and asking God's blessing on Joey. And there are so many others that we review on occasion who are sick. You know their names we want to remember them, of course, and then I'm going to ask God to bless us as we enter into this time of worship together. So will you please bow with me? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for what is a beautiful day today. We thank you for the blessing it is to each one of us to be able to assemble in this room together and to worship you in spirit and in truth. I pray, Lord, that we came here with our cup already 
full and overflowing in gratitude. And it is from that overflow that we are worshiping you with much spirit and enthusiasm. We just love you so much. There are a lot of reasons why that's true. Our salvation, of course, is at the forefront that you through Jesus would forgive us in our obedience to your gospel despite the, the things that we have done. You're so patient with us. But we're also grateful to you today as we look, we see that Billy Deaton's back with us. We thank you, Lord, that you have blessed him and have strengthened him such that he could be back and a part of this worship. And we pray that he will only get stronger every day. And we're also mindful of Joey's predicament with his back. And many in this audience, this assembly, have experienced that very thing and know how debilitating that can be. So we're praying, Lord, that you will bless Joey, that this will be a short ailment and that he can recover well and be back with us very soon. Thank you for the recovery of so many. And there are so many others that are on our hearts and minds we come to you continually on their behalf. We pray, Lord, that you will hear us in this regard. Now we ask you, Lord, that you'll bless us as we're studying your word together. Help this word to become alive in us. Help us, Lord, to see the importance that each one of us plays to, as we join together in the work of this congregation. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bless our elders with vision for the future and I pray, Lord, that we will back them up in that, that they can dream big and that we will support it. Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for the message itself. Help me to communicate it, not to get in the way of it and be with our hearers that they will hear what you have to say through the words that you have spoken. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, the generous soul. That soul, he says, will be made rich. And he who waters will also be watered himself. Sounds to me just from that proverb, from Proverbs 11, verse 25, that you and I will never ever get to the place where we outgive God. And I really appreciate the song that we just sang about the work that we do. So thank you for leading that song. That commitment that we made right there in that song while we were singing it was that we are going to keep right on working until Jesus comes. Now for some, Jesus' coming will be just, you will die. <laughs> and then uh, you will be in his presence. Great. For others, it might be we are working right unto the time that the Lord literally actually returns. And the, then we will be caught up together with him in the air. And we will be with him forever and ever. And that will be just Amazing. Wouldn't that be something? Being involved in a work that glorifies and honors God and right there in the midst of it, 
we are called to be with him. Yay. Wow. That would be something else. I don't know about you. I wish that would happen just like right now. Wouldn't that be something? Here we were right in the middle of a worship service and the Lord returned. Wow. That would be amazing. Today, short of all of that, is an extraordinary opportunity for the members of the Boonville Church. Now, if you're visiting with us today, I'm certain that the things I'm going to share with you are applicable to you. But I want to specifically talk with our members here today because today is special in that what we are able to do is something that we have done in previous years, basically a year ago and before that another year, wherein on the fifth Sunday of the fall quarter, we have been dedicating ourselves to chipping away at our debt. Wait a minute, our debt? Our church has debt? Actually, yes, it does. Here's, here's why that's true. Now, if we have big projects around here, extraordinary works that we want to do, we could come to you and say, listen, uh, we need by next Sunday $500,000. So let's all just kind of dig deep and uh, you contribute that next week. Hey, listen, I'm not asking you to do that because this congregation is amazing. And so it might be that if we pitched that, you would come through. But our elders were so excited about the future years ago that they deliberated about various works that needed to be done, different projects that this church is involved in, and said, you know what? We can't live for tomorrow. We need to act today. Here are things we need to do now. We believe as elders that this congregation will respond and that over time we'll catch up to the vision that we have for the future. But the future is now. And so they went to said bank and they secured the funds that was necessary in order to kick off projects that have brought us to where we are right now. All along thinking this congregation will respond and take care of that debt. Now think about how amazing that actually is. Typically, when you take out a loan, you have to have surety for the loan. You have to have someone who is responsible. I can't say for sure because I didn't research it, but typically speaking, when it comes to representatives of this congregation, you know who those folks are? Your elders. When your elders sign their name on a document, that promises payment over time. They are really themselves taking, well, what most people would normally think is a great risk. But let me tell you something about your elders. I don't believe at any time I've ever heard them express in any way a sense that we were reckless or that we're uncertain as to whether this is going to happen or not. There has always been that confidence that when a need arises, this congregation 
the Boonville Church of Christ, would respond to the need. And over time, that has been exactly how it goes. Every time a need has been presented, the congregation has responded. So right here we are. You know, we're still paying on a debt that over time, of course, is going to require interest payments. And that can, that can be a lot of unnecessary money. So the idea is if the congregation could give large amounts, say once a year, you can think about it and plan toward that time when we're going to pay down our, our debt, that every year we would have an opportunity to do something that is just, it's amazing. Now, why is that so amazing? It is amazing because here in this moment, all of the things that became beneficiaries of the money that was borrowed, I'm going to be able to contribute to the whole of that. In other words, every dollar, every penny that I contribute to the collection I know it's going to go toward works that have been active, that we've been involved in, uh, projects that this congregation has overtaken over the past several years. And here's the thing for, for me personally. I've been here over three years. But I'm pretty sure that these, these loans span time farther than three years ago. But, but here's the thing. When I contribute to this, I become a party to all the things that had happened before that. Everything that has brought us to this time right now, I feel a sense of ownership and participation, knowing that good is being done. And so as a result of that, it isn't just the literal, actual, technical, paying, technical action of paying a debt. What, what I tend to think is more in terms of spiritual things. Like, what was the benefit that came out of that? And as a result of it, it is like we take the material goods that have come into our hands, the blessings of God, what God has put into our control. And now as a steward of that, I am expending it on works that have been going on for a long time and on works that continue to go on. I become a party of that. And then it becomes a spiritual thing, right? I get a sense of pleasure spiritually, joy spiritually, and knowing that even a project that maybe I didn't ever lay my eyes on, never actually put my hand to, that I become a part of that. And then, of course, the extended beauty of that is what was identified here in this text. He says that that person who is the waterer actually himself becomes watered. I like that imagery. It reminds me of what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter six and verse 38, that when we give, God is gonna to respond to that giving. And that certainly is what we're talking about here. So as we're watering, as we're giving, as we're participating in this work in some way, some, some, some tangible way, then I'm going to receive back from God good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and rolling over. 
I'm confident that when I participate in God's work, that God recognizes that. And in return, he empowers us to do even more for the future. Maybe we can look around us and see that God is blessing us. I think he's doing so because God is seeing that these great works that once were just in the mind of our leaders have become a reality. And all of us are participating in those things. What a blessing. You and I, in terms of our goal for the year as we are reaching forward, one aspect of reaching forward is trying to be more and more like Jesus. And so when I think of Jesus, I think of one who loved others so much that he was selfless and he was oh so generous. And the apostle Paul, of all people, not having actually lived during Jesus' ministry, but certainly having been taught by Jesus, quotes Jesus in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, when he says that it is more blessed to give than to receive. More blessed to give than to receive. He's not talking about that appetite materialistic appetite that many people have when they hear that saying, they say, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, I, I work and I slave at my job in order to make more money so I can get more things. You know, I'm satisfied with the things I desire. Uh, okay, peace, but that, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about using material things to become a vehicle for our spiritual joy, our spiritual pleasure, to know that what we're doing makes God happy with us. And so in that respect, it, it absolutely, without question, is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Because as I give, as I pour out, I know that God recognizes it and he responds. I want to start today by just sharing with you some things I think are tremendous benefits for when you and I have the mind that we are going to give. That we're going to participate in something like this. All of us becoming party to works that are ongoing or, or works that have already been completed simply because we became a part of the mechanism of paying down that which was set aside for the work to continue on. Uh, one thing that puts us in league is the knowledge that, you know what, for all time, as long as the church has existed, the New Testament church has been a giving church. And I say since it existed, Okay, so Acts chapter 2 is the description of the establishment of the church. There the gospel is preached for the first time and people are coming into the church having obeyed the gospel. The Lord adding them to the church daily, those who are being saved. Acts 2 verse 47. 3,000 souls are described as having obeyed the gospel on that occasion. But some of those 3,000 souls, then I guess effectively become stranded in Jerusalem because they're now going to want to stay and learn more from the apostles. And in verses 44 and 45, we find out that everybody has the same mind. Everybody's working together. And those who have need, the others are selling things so that the needs can be satisfied. Now, a lot of what we emphasize in chapter 2 is just the evangelism and the conversion and the establishment of the church. But notice these verses indicate that 
when the church was established, it wasn't just the elite, those who had things that were being established, but people were coming from all quarters. And when needs, literal, actual needs existed within that body, other members of the church did whatever was necessary in order to see to it that those needs were met. But it didn't just happen there on the very first day. In fact, you get the idea that this was the general way that the church operated. Several chapters later, Acts chapter 4, beginning at verse 32, here in this text, we have a description of the same kind of mindset. Now, the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say that any of the things he possessed was his own, but they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them, brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. I like the expression here in the midst of this text that says that great grace was upon them all. That was in response to the preaching of the resurrection of Jesus but also in the mix of this is the idea that they had come together as one. They were seeing to the needs of the others. This oneness was exemplified in the fact that all of these members of the church benefited from the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So as a result of God's grace in their own life, that is, well, I've benefited from the the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. I've received the ultimate gift of God. So I become a beneficiary of the grace, the gift of God, and now I'm going to now become a conduit through which blessings have come into my hands. I'm going to share with those around me who are in need. So when needs were identified, the spiritual aspect of the resurrection of Jesus and salvation, which bound them all together, that then became a spiritual exercise to the material care of those who literally were suffering because they didn't have enough. Isn't that a beautiful thing? God has extended his spiritual grace and then through that grace creates a mind and a heart for those who actually and literally materially have need. I can shower or transition those gifts that have come to my hands to them an expression of God's love, both in a, a spiritual and a, a material sort of way. It's referred to as a grace, giving is, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 7. I, I want to look at that with you for a minute because he talks about several things that he categorizes as graces there in that text. He talks about things like faith, he, he describes speech and knowledge, diligence and love. Most often when we think of graces, we might think of faith and love, but I don't know if we've ever really clearly delineated 
speech being one of those, but certainly when we speak, that, that is a gift too. If it's if what we speak is of God, so that makes sense. And then knowledge, well, that would be the sharing of the truth of God, so that, that would fit. And then diligence, well, that's sticking to it. And of course, that's got to be a long-term thing. I can't do that without God. So yeah, those things make sense. All the way there in that text from faith to love, those are graces. I get that. But then he says, I also want you to abound in this grace. What grace is that? Well, he's been talking about their giving. We've already talked about it, but I want to hit this again. How is giving a grace? Well, you know, it's right there in the very word, isn't it? Grace is a gift. And so the idea here again is, just as in all of those other quote unquote graces, there is that which I receive from God then becomes established in me and then it flows out of me. So too, giving. And that is, I have received this amazing gift from God. Salvation itself. The Lord gave everything for me and now I have received that benefit. And so as his child now, I'm looking for opportunities or ways in which I can bless your life. It may be you're already a Christian, so maybe I can't, maybe I can't transfer that to you as I would have in faith and knowledge, but I can share what goods I have in order to meet a specific need that you have. That, that's the idea of it being a grace. And then I also wanted you to notice this, that it was to abound when a thing abounds, it means that it is growing. So you say, well, Ken, I, I'm kind of in the infancy of this thing. I, my faith isn't really where it maybe ought to be. And I hear you talking about the idea of giving when a need comes up. And I'm just, I'll just be honest, I'm in the infancy of that. I, I will give some, but I just don't yet have the faith that I could give the totality of things as maybe as described in some of these texts. I just, I struggle with it. He says, we, this is a thing we ought to be abounding in. This is something we're growing in. And so there's always, right? There's always the room for improvement. But I say improvement knowing that it actually is itself a command of God. A command in the sense that we don't have to wonder whether this is something God wants us to do or not. Uh, it, it is. God, he spells that out. A very clear indication of that is 1 Corinthians 16 verses 1 and 2, which is a text we often go to when we talk about the aspect of our worship when we give. You know, we pass a collection around. But there he says, look, I'm, I am giving the order, or you could just substitute the word command there. I'm giving the order, I'm giving the command, just as I did to the churches in Galatia, so I'm doing to you also. And, and I want to make this point. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, it wasn't just the churches in Galatia. Everywhere that Paul or his co-workers had gone teaching various things, Paul says, we taught the same thing in every church. In other words, what he is expressing here, he was expecting to be established in every church, everywhere they went. So on the first day of the week, they were going to lay by in store in the manner in which they had prospered. 
I laid it out that way because I want us to notice something. It is the idea that I am setting something aside. I am saying this portion right here. Now, I know I've got, I've got bills to pay. I would not be a responsible citizen if I didn't spend some of my income on my house payment, my car payment, my medical bills, on and on and on it goes, right? Every single day, I go to the mailbox, got another bill. Well, I'm responsible to pay that. Okay, peace, right. But I am determined that I'm laying something aside. I'm going to give, he says, as I have prospered. And then that reemphasizes the idea. Yeah, I'm setting it aside. This is the Lord's. And it is as I have prospered. That is God, and we'll see this in more detail a little bit later, but God not only is pouring into my life what is necessary for me to live to take care of my needs, but God is super abounding. He's giving more than enough into my life. For some, that is evidence in a, a big savings account or lots of stuff parked in multiple garages, however that manifests itself. He says on the first day of the week, here's what we're going to do. We're going to lay some of that aside and we're going to give as we have prospered. You and I, we are stewards in the kingdom of God. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two describes the steward that he is required to be faithful. So if I'm a steward of everything that comes into my possession, yeah, of course, as a good steward, I know that there are things I have to take care of that are of a, a materialistic nature, a worldly sort of nature, but they are necessary. God's blessed me with the income so I can have a house to live in. Uh, he promised a dwelling. I have clothes. I have food. God's providing those things. I, absolutely. But there ought to be a portion of that which God is bringing into my life, the grace of God into my life in that category that is going to be channeled through me as a blessing to somebody else. Like on a day like today, being able to give as a steward of what God's put into my possession in order to benefit this congregation moving forward. We ought to know that giving is, it is a good thing. And I, I go back to Jesus' statement in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. It is more blessed. The blessing is greater when we give rather than when we receive. I, I know how it feels to receive a gift. And I'm always so grateful. However small or large the gift is, it makes no difference to me. You don't have to give me an expensive gift to appreciate it. I'm just thankful for the thought that went behind it. But he says, the real blessing is when you can do good in the life of somebody else. When you you know that you've received an inestimable gift from God and you want to just find some way to show God how grateful you are for that, that you want to help somebody else. It just, it just spiritually impacts you in such a positive way to give. And the more you give in that regard, oh, the better it feels. You know, the Bible describes giving as, as sowing of all things and sowing in the sense that you're planting seeds. So that gift, in other words, is multiplying itself. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse six, 
He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully, he will also reap bountifully. The idea is just the overflowing nature again as I began. I think it was the first thing I said. We will never, ever give in such a way as to outgive God. And when we do it that way, we talked about how giving Jesus is. We are demonstrating Jesus living in us, right? Isn't that a key of ours? Galatians 2 verse 20. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I, I am living for Jesus. But one way that is so beautifully demonstrated is in the fact that we are givers like Jesus was a giver. And I'm going to say that the ultimate expression of giving is what we find over there in Mark chapter 12, 41 through 44, the sense of liberality. What is liberality? Would I be a liberal giver if I gave not just 10% of what I have, if I gave 20%, when I say I'm, I'm a liberal giver, 20%, Jesus is there opposite of the treasuries watching people as they put their money in the collection. He sees the rich who come and make a spectacle of themselves, the huge amounts that they put in. And most people standing there are thinking they are the big givers. And I think that's how we tend to think. Somebody gives $10,000 toward a project, we're like, wow. And that is wow. I mean, that's $10,000. But what about the little child who has an allowance of $1 a week, who gives their whole dollar and maybe shakes out their bank, not only gives the dollar, but all the money they had in the bank. Who's the biggest giver here? On this occasion, Jesus said it was not those rich folks who piled it into that treasury, but it was that widow I noticed who gave to might her entire livelihood. Now, you know, when I first ventured the question, I was thinking, man, somebody gives 20%, that's a lot. What about 100%? Jesus said, right there, there is your big giver for today. You know that our giving is also one of the measures by which we will be judged. Very famous text from Matthew chapter 25, 35 and following ought to be a text that haunts us. Because the measure of judgment was how we treated others and how that, in effect, reflected how we treat Jesus. Jesus said, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty. You gave me a drink. I was a stranger. You took me in. I was naked. You clothed me. I was sick. You visited me. I was in prison. You came to me. Of course, the righteous, they didn't know what he was talking about. And the reason why is because... They didn't set their minds on these specific goals. If I do this, I'll be saved. It's just that they had such a heart of giving. He could have used these examples. He could have used tens more examples and it would have been the same. No matter what it was, you extended yourself to help, to give. And when you did... It was like you were giving to me. Your compassion, your generosity of soul 
was manifested. And that is what made the impression on me, is Lord's response. The Bible talks about the idea of purposed giving. This is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly nor of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, we've talked about this already, but I want to bring it out from this text here. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, to purpose. Often when I think of it in this text right here, in this context too, I just think about the idea of planning. And that is certainly something that was talked about in this text, the planning aspect. So I I mentioned last year about this time, we had the same thing. We were asking for contributions toward the reduction of our debt. So here we are a year later. Typically this happens every third quarter. So here we are, we're doing it. To purpose then we would say, well, you know, I plan it. I've set aside so much. I know when that day's coming, I'm going to give it. Okay. That is an idea of purposing and planning. But actually the word purpose here comes from a word that literally means to bring forth from the source. In other words, you've set something aside and now you are bringing it to the front. That's purposing. I have purposed to set something aside and at the designated time, I'm going to bring it to the front. And here it is. That's the idea of ultimate purposing or planning. I already have set in my mind what I'm going to do. It's already been decided. There may be other things that come up in my life, but this, this I am protecting because this is important to me. And now I have purposed it. I brought it forth. I mentioned that was happening earlier in this text, and it sure was. In the first five verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, we find out that the Corinthians, in their giving, had already set their mind to do it a year ago. Okay, so a year prior, they had already been planning about what they were going to do. And now as Paul is coming, they're bringing it to the front. They have purposed themselves. They knew that not only was that going to benefit others, but the thing that we've discovered too, that is going to be of great spiritual benefit to us. And it is going to enable us going forward to do even more because God is going to bless it. We can know that as God has blessed each one of us and then we in turn work together for the blessing of the work here, that God's not only going to accomplish the thing for which we set our minds to do, but also for so much more. Why would I, why would I do that? You know, why would I purpose? Why would I set aside and bring to the front? Why would I be planning something like this? Well, Again, as we've already seen, it's going to express my love, my thanks, my gratitude to God. God sent his son to die for us. Through my grace to others, I'm showing a little bit of my gratitude. Certainly that's true in my relationship to Jesus, yes. I'm showing Jesus. You know what? I may not be able to die on a cross for somebody, but I can give. I can help. I can do something. 
It also backs up our elders. Now, our elders, they want this church to grow. They want this church to be an impact on this community. And I wish it didn't, but it actually takes money in order to accomplish a lot of those things. Not just the manpower, but actual money to purchase things, gasoline and supplies. All those materials are necessary in order to accomplish some things. And we ought to be pitching in as much as we possibly can for the glory of God and for the support of elders who have vision, who say, you know what? We're moving forward and here's what we're going to do. Who's with me? And all of us should say, we are, we are, we are right there with you. And just as they many years ago signed their name to the line, it is like all of us just piled ourselves in there because they trusting God was trusting God through the mechanism of you and me. God's blessings coming through us. Ken, what do you mean by that <laughs> exactly? Well, this is also in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 at verse 8. Because in verse 8, he just talks about the abundance that God gives to each one of us individually with the idea that we will have an abundance, listen now, for every good work. I think that is so significant and powerful right there. So Ken, our elders, they think big. You know, they can't think too big because, I mean, we're just, you know, we're a country congregation. We can't think too big, really, really. Here's what, God's, here's what God has figured out about us. I'm going to trust that my children are so in love with me and feel so, so blessed by the gift that I've given that I'm going to, I'm going to give them an abundance. I sure am. They're, they're going to have a big savings account. They're going to have money that they could spend on themselves. On and on and on. I, I'm going to bless them and they're going to feel those blessings. But when the need arises, here's what I'm looking for. When the need arises, when the call goes forth, they are going to respond to the need that exists. So the elders, however big they dream, we're going to match it because if God is with it, God is going to supply the means by which to do it. He is going to give an abundance for every good work. Ken, what are you saying? God's just going to automatically dump money into our bank account? No. God is going to bless you and then you in turn are going to contribute such that we can meet the need that exists. Here's how I kind of think of it. And by the way, so far it has never happened at Boonville. Never happened that I've seen. I can't say for 20 years ago or anything like that. All I know is the experience that I have. I know that every time a challenge was put forth, somehow, some way, it was met in an incredible way. And I always came away going, wow. And you know who I thanked? I did not look up to find out who was the biggest contributor. And if it was you, thank you. But I didn't look you up, did I? I didn't call you and say, hey, I found out you did this. Just want to say thank you. No, who I thank is God. Because God is the one who put that in your hands 
for a particular time, for a moment in which the need arose. When the need arose, you responded. You said, I have it and I'm going to contribute it. Why are you going to do that? Well, that comes from the previous couple of verses, right? So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Cat-like reflexes. Not grudgingly, nor of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. Why am I so cheerful? Because I now have an opportunity to do something. I'm I'm looking for ways to show my love of God. I'm looking for ways to to bless somebody's life. I don't want it to be too obvious. I I want it to be a part of of the work of this congregation. I want God to get the glory. I, I don't need recognition for this. I just want God to be magnified. And so, wow, here is an opportunity. I want to give. I just, I'm so overjoyed. He said, it is not to be a situation where I feel like somebody is browbeating me about it. Not grudgingly, literally not out of sorrow, not of necessity, not not somebody pressuring me to do it. I I want to do it and I want to do it more in a way that that maybe people had no idea. It's just beyond the comprehension that I could do a such thing. But I I wasn't doing it for them, I wasn't doing it for their attention. I was doing it to bring glory and honor to God. That's why I feel like today of all days, a fifth Sunday where I know that all of the contribution is going to go to an account that has already done extraordinary things for the Boonville work. Right now is an extraordinary opportunity to give from that which I have set aside for that very purpose. So the Lord was sitting on opposite of the treasury and he was watching. And I, I get the image in my mind that he kind of does the same thing today. And today of all days. And I remember Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. That text says, not to forget to do good and to share. For with such, listen, with such sacrifices... God is well pleased. What sacrifice? Doing good and sharing. So God's poured in all of these benefits, these promises. What is he expecting us to do is respond, to act on it, as is our ability to do. $2 out of a children's bank, 100%. Or what is it that you have to give? What is it that you set aside, you have in store for the work of the Lord? If we're ever reaching forward and ultimately reaching forward to be more like Jesus, then we're going to give like Jesus. Now, how did he do that? Let's see. He gave some. He gave a lot. He gave it all. If you're a child of God today, there's your challenge to give like the Lord gives. 
the commitment of our heart to the work here, to his glory. Maybe that's not been your pattern in the past. Can we change that today? New way of thinking. You'll never, ever outgive God in your life. I promise you that. If you're not a child of God today, you can benefit from the very thing I've been talking about the whole way. And that is the ultimate gift of God. Sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross to die for you. Today, if you believe he's the son of God and you're ready to confess that faith, repenting of your sins, you can be buried in water and have your sins washed away. You'll rise up in newness of life. And I guarantee you, you'll be ready to give your life totally to the Lord for what he's done for you. Is anybody who needs to respond for any reason? Now is your opportunity. Why don't you come while we stand together and I but need go home by the way of the cross and go on the way of this. Inside of the gates of life, sing a song to help prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper.
preparation for partaking of the Lord's Supper, I would like to read a couple of verses for us this morning. First of all, Romans, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 6. It says, For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And in uh, 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, Paul, in recounting the uh, institution of the Lord's Supper, by Jesus himself has this to say. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night he was crucified, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he'd given thanks, he broke and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new new covenant in my blood, this do you as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So uh, we, we find the reason here for the Lord's Supper, and we are to partake it to remember him. And he says as often as we do this, do it in remembrance of him. What is not stated in these passages here is how often should we do that? Well, the Bible tells us in Acts the 20th chapter in verse 7 that Christians from the very beginning of the church came together on the first day of the week to partake of the Lord's Supper. We, uh, the Christian world or the what is called the Christian world has a lot of problems with the Lord's Supper, uh, how often we should take it, and so forth and on. And I really, it's, it's hard for me to understand why they would because we don't have any problem with, as Ken just talked about giving. Giving is to be done on the first day of the week. And uh, there's no problem in the religious world about that. There was no problem in the uh, Jewish system on when the Sabbath day was, it was to be remembered and every week had a Sabbath day in it. And every week has a first day in it. So Christians are to partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. So if you would bow with me and we'll offer thanks for the bread. Our Heavenly Father, we're so very thankful for your love for us in allowing your son to come to this earth to die on Calvary's cross. We pray, Father, that as we partake of this bread, which represents his body that was broken there, we might do so in a way that would be pleasing in your sight. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen.
If you bow with me, we'll offer thanks for the fruit of the vine. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blood that Jesus was willing to shed on Calvary's cross. We realize without the shedding of his blood, we could not have remission of our sins. We're so thankful for the love that was shown to us on that occasion. We pray, Father, that as we remember his death by partaking of this, the fruit of the vine, that we would also do it in a manner pleasing in your sight. These things we ask in Christ's name. Amen. As we talked about all morning, it's now uh, set apart time to forgiving. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, thank you for all the many blessings you give us, Lord. We thank you for our homes and our health and our, our jobs that we have that we may can give back to you with unselfish hearts. We pray that you be with us as we do at this time. In your name pray. Amen. Before Guy comes and gives announcements, as well as Brother Stephen, I wanted to emphasize that this Wednesday is going to be a singing night, and uh, I've already gotten several requests uh, uh, over this past week, and I'd love to have some more so that uh, I can help organize our song leaders. Uh, also, if you're a song leader that's wishing to help uh, lead on Wednesday, I would love for you to reach out to me so that uh, we can get all that organized and make that as efficient as possible. Uh, this Wednesday, Second grade and down will still have classes, but third grade and up will be in the auditorium to uh, participate in that singing. Uh, also, uh, our last leaders workshop is going to continue on today. We've had great participation so far, uh, and uh, that, that today for song leading, song of praise will actually be in the little chapel. Uh, so if you're participating in that, we'd love to have you uh, join us there today. Again, come reach out to me if you got any requests for Wednesday. Thank you.
Of course, as uh, Jeremy already said, this Wednesday night, uh, typically the quarter starts uh, for the sixth grade down um, with the first Sunday in the new month. So the November, December, January quarter, uh, quarter two, starts next Sunday and with uh, new teachers uh, in those classes. And I appreciate so very much those of you who teach. There, um, but this Wednesday night, as Jeremy said, the second and down, will still meet their classes, and that's typically a review of the, the entire quarter uh, for the current teachers. So just remember that, and third grade and up will be in the, the auditorium to worship in song. But um, if you're interested in the new adult classes and the new uh, teaching roster um, for the classes, they are out um, on the, um, the welcome uh, table in the back, the um, welcome center, and printed on green paper. Now, there is one thing that I need uh, to share with you. I need your help. Uh, this is the first time this has happened since I've been doing this. Um, various circumstances with folks recovering from surgery and, and other uh, needs and circumstances and so forth. Um, as of right now, the second, the two and three year old class on Wednesday night has no teacher. Um, and I have exhausted all of my possibilities, uh, but the circumstances are just what they are. Uh, so as of now, uh, that class has no teacher for Wednesday night. So if you can help me with that, I would very much uh, appreciate that. But I appreciate all of those of you who do teach. Good morning. Do have a few announcements before we dismiss. We had 319 in attendance. I have a card. It says, Dear Church Family, thank you so much for all the calls, cards, visits, food, and most importantly, all the prayers sent up on my behalf during my recent hospital stay and surgery. It was such a comfort knowing I had so many praying for me. I'm truly blessed to have so many wonderful brothers and sisters in Christ. Please continue to keep me in your prayers as I recover. In Christian love, Billy Deaton. Reminder, tonight is our trunk and, trunk and treat. Uh, this is a, if you like watching kids smile, laugh, and have fun, it would be a great night to hang around after service. I know not everybody likes that, uh, but if you do, uh, you will see kids have a great time tonight. Uh, stick around. The way it's going to work, immediately following class, we want all kids just to go on down and uh, eat. The meal will be ready. Then we will have a costume contest. We have an esteemed panel of judges that are experts at judging costumes. Uh, we have three different age divisions that we will judge, and we will have prizes for the winners. And then we will go out to the trunks. We appreciate all of you doing that. We do ask all of you who are providing a trunk set up right out here in the back. That's the safest place. Uh, the kids are contained. We don't want any out front near the road. So park out here tonight if you're setting, out a, setting up a trunk. Uh, also, next Wednesday, I mean, next Sunday morning is our men's breakfast. That's always a fun time. So men, prepare for that. That's next Sunday morning at 8 a.m. See you, Ben. He's excited about it. And if you would... Uh, Bow with me now and we'll close with a word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. And God, we especially thank you that you chose us to be born and live here at this particular place and in this particular time where we are so blessed with so many, many things. We thank you for the lesson we heard this morning that reminded us, God, that we should be in service to you. And we know that if we are in service to you, God, that we will reap many, many rewards, not just spiritually, but mentally and emotionally. God, please help turn our hearts and our minds away from all the things in the world that we can't control, all the petty disputes and grumblings, and help narrow our focus on that service to you and the things we can do to make this world a better place for you. Please forgive us where we failed you and help us go out into this world this week doing our best to serve. In Jesus' name, amen.